Did you know that one of God's love languages is obedience? Do you know that God wants to use you to do extraordinary things? Just like Moses, he was entirely human and he made mistakes, but was used by God to lead the children of Israel. And today, Moses is still known as Israel's greatest prophet. So what was the secret to why God used him in such amazing ways? Well, the secret lies in his and our willingness to obey God. Stay with me today as we begin a great discussion on obedience. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey friends, this is Jeannie Smith. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be back with you. Last week I could not even speak. I didn't have a voice and I'm so thankful that Carter stepped in and did an amazing podcast for you. Just really laying down some strong biblical truth about the heritage of God. But this week we are going to begin talking about a subject very dear to my heart, one that I'm very passionate about, and that is the topic of obedience. You know, and I just love the thought of obedience being God's love language. Do you know your love languages? Have you ever tested your love language? I wonder if you haven't, I highly recommend you to do that. And there is a website that you can go to to do that. And it is called the fivelovelanguages.com. So on that website, you can go and you can take this little quiz and you can discover what your love language is. Really super cool. And it's important for those that you love around you to discover their love language as well. And even your children If you have children, discover what their love language is. So what is this all about? Okay, so typically the way that we express our love for someone else is through love languages. For example, my love language is gift. So when I receive gifts, I feel extremely loved. I hate that because it kind of sounds like I'm materialistic, but seriously, I'm not. It can be a simple thing. It can be like a Reese cup or someone to make a hot cup of coffee or stop and get me a hot cup of coffee and bring it to me. Simple things like that. But those things I receive as a gift, those things make me feel loved. Same situation, I express my love through gifts. And so when I love someone, I have a stir in my heart to buy them a gift. I love giving gifts. So same thing, whatever your love language is, and there's five primary love languages, you typically will express your love the way that it is that you need to feel and receive love. So super cool. Go do that if you've never done it. Well, I like to think about God's love language as obedience because He loves it when we obey him and he feels loved deeply by us when we obey him. Just like Jesus. Jesus came to do the will of his father. Jesus came to obey his father. And because of that, he expressed his deep love for him. So I want to start out today's discussion speaking from the book of John chapter 14. And this is verses 15 through 21. And here's what it says. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, 
the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Wow, powerful words spoken here by Jesus. So he clearly says here in this passage, if you love me, obey me. And I wrote a book a few years ago called just that, if you love me, obey me. Because this message of obedience is one that has really welled up in my heart. I have a deep, as I said, passion for obedience and to encourage other believers to follow after the Lord in obedience. Because when we do, we will experience supernatural blessings, just like we see so many of God's children throughout the history of the Bible receiving those supernatural blessings. They were not just for then, they are the same today. And so I want to encourage you to consider this an invitation, right? Because in Exodus 19, 5, it says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure or special treasure unto me above all all people for all the earth is mine. So there's an invitation there in that passage. And I want to just spend the next, uh, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks just walking you through some of the topics, some of the meat of that book that I wrote. It, it will be a true value for you to latch on to when you seek to do the will of the Lord and to be obedient. So grab your cup of coffee if you haven't already done so. And you know me, I'm going to have to share some of my personal stories as we go through this because our stories are so powerful. You know, just like we read the stories like of Moses through the Bible. Okay, I love Moses, by the way. Moses was such an amazing leader. And uh, like we said in the intro, he was known as one of the most amazing leaders, the greatest prophet, right, of all times. And I love Moses because he was just such a simple man. You know, he wasn't what you would look upon and say, oh, he's equipped to lead the people of Israel, God's chosen people, right? But God yet chose Moses to lead them. No, he even had a stutter. There were so many things the normal eye could have looked at Moses and went, oh, no, he's, he's not the one. However, God handpicked and chose him and said, yes, you are the one. And Moses was an extraordinary man. And what set Moses apart from so many others, why God chose him, was the love that he had for the Father. There was a love relationship between him and the Lord. And that's why I fall in love all the time, over and over, with the story of Moses. He is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because Moses was very simple. He didn't have this major degree in leadership. He wasn't all about, you know, uh, all the check the boxes, A, B, and C. No, Moses was just a simple man that simply loved the Lord, number one, and number two, simply obeyed the Lord. <laughs> it was very simple. God said to do it, and Moses did it, period. 
end of sentence. And that's just how simple it was. And it's just how simple it is again for us today. So here's a question to ponder. Is our life marked by obedience to God and his word? Can he count on us to respond to his will? Those are some questions I'd really like you to just jot down in your journal if you're taking notes and begin to ponder on. Let me say those again. Number one, is your life marked by obedience to God and his word? And second, can he count on us to respond to his will? Well, I can still remember the day when God whispered his words in my ear. If you will obey my voice. It was such a quiet whisper. Be still my soul. It was such a quiet whisper, but yet it came with such deep authority. And I knew that it was the Lord speaking to me. It wasn't just the scripture that I was reading in Exodus 19.5. No, these words were penetrating my heart. And I could hear the Lord also saying those words to me. It was a feeling that moved all over my soul when the Holy Spirit spoke it. And I'm tearful now just as I speak these words because his voice is so sacred. And I am wondering right now, even in this moment, what kind of feeling or emotion does the word obedience evoke for you? I hope it is one of beauty because nothing but beauty and blessings come out of obedience to our God. It was March 1st, 2008, the very first time Exodus 19.5 that I just quoted to you came alive to me. Now, when the Lord guides me to Pacific passages and speaks directly to me, I always date them. And interesting enough, he had taken me to the same passage for three consecutive years. And each time the journey got richer and richer. And even thinking back on it now, I can see why. Because it was during those years that God asked me to do some huge assignments. And it was assignments that only he could give me the strength to accomplish. And by his hand, only by his hand was I able. And it was during those years that I clung to scriptures like, Oh God, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and stretched out arm and nothing is too hard for you. That's in Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. And just when I would get through one assignment and accomplish it, and I'd go, whoo, thank goodness I survived. Oh, guess what? Here came another assignment and then another assignment. And each one would bring its own responsibility and own challenges. But each time I would overcome and each time I would accomplish that which the Lord called me to do. But they would require faith greater than ever before. But once again, his will was accomplished. And here's what I know, friends. God is not done and will not be done with me or you until he takes us home. There is going to be many more times that he will return us to his word and his passages and others that will guide us into his perfect will for our life. The question is, will I go? You know, and I gave you a couple questions to ponder on. So the question is, will I go? Well, I don't know about you. But my answer is going to be yes, because I've seen the blessing of God. I have seen the faithfulness of God. And I hope that yours will be too. I hope that by this um, topic of obedience in the next few weeks that we spend together talking about it, I hope that I can inspire you to be more obedient to God than you have ever been before. And why would anyone not want to obey the very same voice? 
that the wind and the sea obey. I mean, think about that. The wind and the sea obey him. And if the wind and a sea obey him, why in the world would we as his children not want to obey him? The disciples themselves were amazed when they saw the wind and the sea obey. And they said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? That's in Matthew eight twenty-seven. Check it out. But to give you some history leading up to Exodus 19, which I shared, the Israelites had just escaped the Red Sea. Now, if you don't know the story about the Red Sea, please go back and read that. An absolute miracle. Scripture tells us that God himself took off the Egyptians' chariot wheels that drove them so heavily towards the Israelites. Wow, can you just picture this right now? I can just visualize these massive chariot wheels flying up in the air as the Lord dismantled them to protect his children. Now, friends, if you think that he is not going to throw up chariots in the air and sling wheels off of chariots to dismantle them to protect his children then, and you think that he won't do it for you now, we're crazy. We serve the same God, and he is going to throw off chariot wheels. He's going to do whatever he has to do to dismantle anything that the enemy's trying to do to bring harm against us. He is the God that protects. He will protect us. Scripture tells us in the same passage that the Egyptians themselves said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for us. So even the enemies ran scared, and I love that. Exodus 4.25 is where you'll find that. And I just love it because can you just imagine like even the enemies run scared of the protection that God provides for his children. So after Moses and the Israelites finished singing praises unto the Lord over their great victory, they continued traveling in the wilderness. And during their travels, they were persistent to complain. Oh my goodness. God just threw off chariot wheels to protect them. He parted the Red Sea and they are continuing to complain. But God was so patient with them, repeatedly asking them to just obey him. God spoke in Exodus fifteen twenty six, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do what is right in my sight and will give ear to my commandments and keep all my statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals thee. Now, I love this passage. I am the Lord that heals thee. Jehovah Jireh, I am the Lord God that heals. Now, God's going to teach them something very, very powerful here, right? Okay, they finally arrived at Sinai, God's holy mountain. This is where the Lord was traveling them to. Scripture tells us in Exodus 19, verse 2, that they camped before the mount. And it is here that they received the Ten Commandments. Okay, we all know the Ten Commandments as well as instructions for building a tabernacle for worship. It is through the Israelites' experiences that Mount Sinai we learn about the importance of obedience in our relationship with God. So again, he's teaching them obedience. So here's what happens next. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, and he said, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you, on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you will be a special treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall go and speak unto the children of Israel. Wow, I love the fact that Israel camped before the mount. 
And I wonder how many of us right now just need to set up camp. We need to set up camp to hear from God and hear his directives. So it's like a classroom, right? They sat down there and just waited to receive instructions. And that's what we need to do with the Lord. Mount Sinai is one of the most sacred locations in Israel's history. It's located in the south central uh, Sinai Peninsula. This mountain is where Moses met God in the famous story of the burning bush. It's where God makes his covenant with Israel, and it's where Elijah heard God in the still, small voice. So this is a very, very special place. It is here where God gave his people the laws and guidelines for righteous living. It is here where they learned the potential blessing of obedience and the tragic consequences of disobedience. But my favorite part of this story would be found in Exodus 19, verse 8, when Moses returns to the people and he spoke the words the Lord had given him. Verse 8, and all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoke, we will do. And Moses returns the words of the people unto the Lord. Yay, right? They finally got it. He says, obey. They said, okay, we will do what he tells us to do. So I love just sitting in my prayer closet and I have a pad in my prayer closet and at the top of it, it says to do. And I come into my prayer closet and I sit and I usually start off in some sort of worship and then I will just turn off the worship and I will sit still in his presence. And when the Lord prompts me, I may move into reading scripture. He may prompt me to go back and worship. Whatever he prompts me to do, Holy Spirit prompts me to do, I do. But during my quiet time with the Lord, he will typically give me directives. Now, sometimes he just has me sit and be still and rest in his presence and worship in his presence. But there are many times that he will give me directives. And so I just want you to imagine that. I spoke to you about sitting up camp, setting up camp, right? Just sitting at the Lord's feet and waiting for directives. That's kind of what happens in my prayer time and in my prayer closet. I'll go in and I'm coming in prepared. I've got my pad ready to hear a directive from the Lord. And so many times I will hear him speak to me about things that I'm trying to make decisions about or things that just randomly come and he'll say, do this. And I will write those things down when I hear the Holy Spirit speak them to me. I am taking directives from the Lord and then I will be obedient and I will do those things. And it's become a very passion of mine. And so it's not a surprise to me that the Lord one day called me to write about obedience and even to speak to you now about it. I, I, I go back and I think of the moment when he called me to do it. I, re, I remember I was just finishing a warm bath and I got out of the bath and I was leaning against my bed and the Holy Spirit whispered to me, it is time. I had just finished my first book, Shattered in the Beautiful, and I felt the Lord was wooing me to write again, but I really wasn't sure about what the topic was. But that day I heard the Lord whisper, it is time. I knew he meant for writing. And so I headed over to the computer and I turned my lamp on and there it began. God began to speak to me about obedience, right? And you know what? I started writing and then life got busy and I hit the pause button like many times we do, right? We, we hear something from the Lord and we start doing it. And then we hit the pause button because life interruptions, right? Life happens. And then it was a couple years later that I was sitting on the beach and the Lord Holy Spirit whispered again, Jeannie, be obedient, right? So 
I simply went back and got busy and said, Lord, I'm sorry for not being obedient. So I repented and I sat down and I committed to once again, putting in the time that it would take to be obedient for this assignment, to write this book of obedience, right? And I wonder, it was an invitation by the Lord, by the way, for me to journey through this book, to journey through the writing with the Holy Spirit and what he wanted to be written about obedience, what he wanted to be shared about obedience. And the Lord led me to Moses. Like I said, he's one of my favorite characters. And so this book was written with my stories of obedience, but also coupled along the story of Moses all throughout the book. And it's just a beautiful thing. And I believe right now that God is inviting you to do something. I believe God is inviting you to go somewhere or to do something. Maybe he's inviting you to speak. Maybe he's inviting you to write. But my prayer is whatever it is that the Lord is inviting you to do, that you will do it. Just do it because God's best comes from obedience. My prayer is that you will not live in a place of unbelief because living in a place of unbelief will keep you from becoming all God purposed and created you to be. And I would be so bold to say, if you are not living in obedience to God, then you are living in a yoke of slavery because walking in the obedience of God brings freedom. I know that's a pretty radical statement, but guess what? Jesus was radical. Jesus always obeyed the Father and he did so entirely and promptly. At times, I have compromised this even in my own mind, and I have pondered the thought that maybe God does not call everyone to be as radical as I choose to be, and I have had conversations with people who believe this to be true as well. However, I am sold out to the truth that Jesus desires all of us who receive him as Savior to live a life of radical obedience to him and his great work. Why would he call you to just sit on the sidelines and not get into the game? Sitting on the sidelines is not abundant living. Scripture is clear. Jesus wants us to have an abundant life, abiding in him and him abiding in us. And he speaks this truth in John chapter 15, where he defines the abundant life. That's where you're going to find joy. Abundant means full, plentiful, huge. Friends, he is all in for us. And so we should be all in for him. And nothing else makes sense to me. Now, I'm sensitive to the fact that you may need deliverance. Deliverance from a person, a job, a financial matter, a place, and we could go on. And you may feel like you need this deliverance before you can be obedient to God. I get it. I understand it. I've been there. For some of us, that could mean something small right where you are or something larger that could require, I don't know, even a physical relocation. But know that deliverance is the action of being rescued. I love that. Let me say that again. Deliverance is the action of being rescued. Well, who don't want to be rescued? How beautiful is that? You know, we see so much deliverance going on right now in the world, and I love it. You know, sometimes the word deliverance makes people uneasy. And I don't know, maybe it's from different backgrounds, different religious beliefs. I don't know, but deliverance is very simple. It's just simply being delivered from. It's being rescued. God wants to rescue you and simply guide you into his best. And when God invites you to play a position in the game, sometimes you have to leave not only the people, but a place behind. And this is not easy. This is not easy. 
because it may mean packing up your family and leaving behind everything you once considered comfort in your life. I understand it. I have done it. I left everything that I knew behind more than one time. Everything that brought me comfort, everybody that I knew, I left them behind. But can I tell you that it was just a small speck what I left behind was such a small speck compared to the greatness and the vastness and the supernatural blessings that lie in front of me. As a matter of fact, when we were moving one time, when God was relocating us, I started to look back at this beautiful home that we had built. And, you know, scriptures all on the foundation. I thought we were going to be there forever. But then God said, leave. I'm sending you out. You have to go. And I remember pulling away and beginning to look back. And the Lord said, don't look back because what you have in front of you is far greater than anything you will leave behind. I promise you that not only will your obedience bless you and bless the father, it's going to bless your family. It's going to bless your descendants just as it did Abraham. So how about that? What a legacy, right? A story to leave behind. Because God is the ultimate author of the story from the beginning to the end of our lives. Just like in the Bible, from beginning to end. He gives us the choice, though. Oswald Chambers once wrote, It is in the middle that human choices are made. The beginning and the end remain with God. Yes, it is he that must always stay in the spotlight. But as for me, friends, I choose to follow Jesus every time. And I hope that you do, too. Because when choosing to obey God, it does not mean that there is not going to be struggle. There will be struggle. As a matter of fact, many believers will discover when they are determined to follow God, they will immediately encounter great obstacles. But the good news is, hey, that just means you're on the right track. And the good news is you will overcome every single one. If you are faithful to God, he will be faithful to you. And there will be days when you just simply do not know what to do. But it's in those days and in those moments, just trust him. I heard the Lord whisper, Holy Spirit, to me so many times, just trust me. When you don't know what else to do, just trust me. So in the next few weeks, I'm going to take you through some ways that we can obey the Father. And I'm going to just speak some more truth into your mind, into your heart. And maybe have you think about some things, hey, that you've never really thought about before. But today is really just about an invitation, invitation to will you embark on a journey to obey God? Will you pull up a chair, so to speak, to Mount Sinai with me and let's set up camp and hear from God and then do what it is that God is telling us to do? There is no doubt in my mind that there is something that will be in this next few weeks that God wants you to hear. He has something for you. And this is exciting, right? A blessed promised land purpose that he has just for you. And the interesting thing about hearing from God is that God has designed a secret place where he will answer and speak to you and me. Now, for me, my secret place is my closet. So I want you to determine where your secret place is. Do you have a place in your home? Maybe you have a place outside in nature. Maybe sometimes you just have to pull away and get in your car. I don't know, wherever it is, I want you to think about that. Where is your secret place that you're going to set up camp and be still and hear from God? So that's your assignment this week. That's what I want you to do. Because guess what? He is waiting. He is waiting for you. He is waiting for you to hear from him. So the question is, are we going to run past him? Are we going to pass him by? Or are we going to 
sit down, take time to hear from our very creator. One day I got a visual of the Lord anxiously waiting with such excitement for me to get up so he could just spend time with me and speak to me. It was one of those mornings where busyness just took over and I just didn't think I had much time, you know, and he was in the vision. He was following me around the house. The Holy Spirit was moving around with me everywhere as I hurried to get ready, pour my coffee, dress my son, pack a lunch. And then guess what? Out the door I went because what? I thought I didn't have time to sit down with the Lord today. And as I rushed out the door, he stood there alone, grieved that I didn't even stop to say good morning, Lord. Thank you for giving me another day. His heart was grieved because he loves me so much and he wants to spend time with me. And as I thought of this vision, my heart became grieved also. What a loss I was encountering, missing the voice and the presence of my Lord, my Savior. You know what, friends? There is nothing more extraordinary and satisfying to me, my soul, and my spirit than hearing his voice. And I pray that that will be a truth for you also. I pray that that will be a desire and a need that you will have also and that the Lord will satisfy that. Matthew 13, 9 says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. God is pursuing you. He is pursuing you. And through this process, if you allow yourself to be pursued, I promise you, you're going to see miracles. You will not see or experience life the same because you're going to become kingdom focused. And when we begin to taste heaven on earth, we begin to experience supernatural providence and witness supernatural events in our life. The desires of our heart begin to change, friends, because he aligns our desires with his desires as we spend time with him. And then he makes our plans succeed, as in Psalms 24. That's right. You're going to sit still. You're going to align with the Lord. He's going to give you directives and desires, and then he's going to cause you to succeed. It says it right here in Psalms 24. That's a promise. How awesome is that? Now, I'm telling you from experience, it has been true in my own life, and there is nothing that God has for me that he doesn't have for you. He promises these same things for you. The question is, will you do it? Will you be obedient? Will you go? Will you carve out that time with the Lord? It's an invitation. But of course, the greatest invitation, the greatest news is that of Jesus Christ. Above anything else, I will ever speak to you. That is the most important thing because of God's great love for us. He sent his only son, Jesus, into the world to be a witness, to be sacrificed, to die so that anyone who calls upon him and receives him as savior will be forgiven and granted eternal life. And I don't want to assume that you have, you know, already done that and maybe you haven't I don't want to assume that I want to make sure that I give you even that opportunity today because there may be many many return listeners and you may already be a believer but there may be someone listening today that has never heard my podcast before there may be someone listening today that has never received Jesus Christ as their personal savior and friends it is the greatest gift that you'll ever receive it is the greatest opportunity that I could ever extend to you it's certainly not about my voice it's all about his voice. So right now, I just want to give you that invitation. And all you have to do with childlike faith is simply pray. Dear Father, dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I humbly ask for your forgiveness. I believe with all my heart that you died for my sins and that God raised you from the dead. And at this moment, I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my life. 
and rule over my heart. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer today, let me just tell you that all of heaven is rejoicing over you and I'm rejoicing over you too because it is the greatest decision you will ever make. You know, it's intriguing how much power we have with our tongues. We can speak life or death, even over ourselves. As Christians in regards to obedience and the required skill to be able to listen, I want to quote this from Bob Sorge. This is what he said. This is a book that he wrote called The Secrets of the Secret Place. He said, things don't change when I talk to God. Things change when God talks to me. Oh, that is a powerful word right there. This is so important to capture because in order to be obedient, you first have to know that God desires to speak to you. You have to hear him speak before you can act upon his word. So my friends, position yourself. Let's get ready to camp out. Position yourself to listen and hear. And then once you have listened and heard, then go and do. I want to close out today's segment with Exodus 24, 7. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said, we will do and be obedient. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope that this podcast has encouraged you and blessed you. I pray that God will move in your heart this week in regards to obedience. And I want to tell you that if you would love to grab a copy of this book, If You Love Me, Obey Me, you can certainly do that on my website, JeannieScottSmith.com. And I look forward to being with you next week. I love you bunches. And remember, live life abundantly. like mommy's show leave a review hey before you go if this podcast has blessed you the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the shattered into beautiful show next hop on over to the shattered into beautiful private facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration you can reach me at jeanniescottsmith.com and lastly please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at smith evangelistic ministries I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.